When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Hello. Welcome to the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew here on the first 90 degree day in Kentucky of 2022. And I have a feeling it is not going to be our last. So very warm outside, but the humidity was down. So not too bad. I bet it's delightful now. It's about 7 p.m. So um, thanks for tuning in. We are now on episode three of season two. So if you haven't checked out any of the new ones, you can go back. We had some repeat guests with TJ Walker from Kentucky Roll Call. And then Terry Brown from Cats Talk Wednesday. So some awesome dad podcasts to kick off season two. And I'm uh, really excited for episode three. So one, one, of my, one of my favorite people for sure in the Kentucky media, just, just a living legend in my eyes. And, and he's very modest. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him be a little not humble um, tonight, <laughs> tonight if I can. But Dick Gabriel is joining us from uh, WLAP. You can hear him six to eight, um, you know, every weeknight on there. And then obviously does the football sideline reporting for um, Kentucky. So Dick, thanks so much for jumping on my podcast. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, happy to do it. You've been on my show many times, so just returning the favor. Yeah, and I do appreciate that. I know that um, – so you've been nice enough to invite me on the statewide edition of your show um, on Monday nights um, for basketball, when, when basketball season. So that, that's been a pleasure for me. So definitely Good. a little, um, little bit different switching roles and, and me leading the conversation. But I always appreciate it, you know, not only because your show's awesome, but like always let me be my true authentic self. So, <laughs> so I, That's, I, I that's why we asked you. <laughs> great, great. Um, well, to get started, so um, real quick, I, I'd really like – this is the part where I was kind of uh, – teasing about, um, you know, making you not be as modest and as humble as I know that you are. But I'd love if you would just walk me and, and the listeners through your resume and just where you started and, and to the point that you're at now. Because I, I think when you do that, um, most people would agree that there's not many that's blood runs bluer than yours. Well, everything in, in my broadcast career happened quite by accident, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, I was training to be a newspaper guy. I was writing for the school paper and the school radio station uh, had a guy doing games and he quit. So I'm sitting next to the station manager at a UK game. And this is in Memorial Coliseum, Drew. This was back wow. in the day. And I said, aren't you broadcasting a game tonight? That was back when the campus station was allowed to do the games as well as the network. He said, well, I lost my announcer. And as I was watching the game, I wasn't even looking at the guy. I said, you know, I've always wanted to try that. And he grabbed me, he goes, call me. So I auditioned and he, and he gave me the job. And uh, I broadcast UK football and basketball home games for three years. And, and what year was this? What year was this? 1975, the 75-76. Wow. And then my last year was the national championship year, 77-78. So my buddy and I did the, uh, got to do the NSA tournament in 78. And uh, nobody listened to us, of course, but, you know, we had a ball. So when I got out of school, I was looking at newspaper jobs. And I had heard that there was a job open at WVLK. I was passing through town, going back to Louisville. And dropped off a resume. My best friend's dad happened to be 
the station's attorney. So he put in a good word for me. And next thing you know, they hired me. Uh, did that for about five years. Uh, Jim Host hired me, sent me to Dallas, Texas. I was the executive producer of the Southwest Conference Radio Network. And the only reason I got that job was I said to Jim, so what do you think I ought to be doing in five years? He said, well, we're working on a project you might like. So then he hired me there. <laughs> and then uh, we were about to, I thought, to lose our contract. So I reached out to Ralph Gabbard of Channel 27. And uh, I, had, I had heard about an opening at Channel 18. And he said, well, I've got an opening. Why don't you come work for me? So I spent the next 22 years running the sports department at Channel 27. Then I left for five years to go work full-time for the UK Network. And uh, then went back to KYT as a special projects producer. So I did not plan on a career in broadcasting. And in the meantime, I had, at WVLK, I started the, the first sports radio talk show in Lexington. Oh, wow. And so I've, I've done sports talk on and off throughout my career. And the show I do now, Drew, I started in uh, 07 at WLAP. Wow. Well, you're, you're definitely recognized as a pro's pro for sure. And I've seen some of those um, late 70s pictures too, which I thought <laughs> were amazing of, of you there at Memorial Coliseum with the, uh, you know, what, what we definitely would not think was, um, you know, up to technology times with some of that stuff. So it's very cool to look back on that stuff. And I know you've just had like a, a very long career and, you know, your stories and perspective are, are extremely valued. Um, so your family though, let's talk about that a little, because I did see um, this weekend or, or maybe last week that you had kind of the post about your kids and um, their correlation to some Derby and Oaks horses. So why don't you tell us a little bit about them and their names and how that worked out? Yeah, my daughter's name's Kathleen. She goes by Kate, named after my mother, actually named after both of her grandmothers, Kathleen Carolyn. And uh, so, of course, when Kathleen O drew into the Kentucky Oaks is one of the favorites. I had to bet her. Mm -hmm. And then my son's name is Jack. And of course there were two, there were smiling Jack and happy Jack. Uh, but I had to uh, bet happy Jack. And um, you know, the Oaks Derby double didn't quite work out, but I had to try because in 05 Giacomo, which mm -hmm. is Italian for Jack and I'm half Italian won at a huge price and I mm -hmm. failed to bet him, uh. so, man. Any derby horse from now on named yeah. after one of my kids, I'm going to put some money on them. So, uh, but yeah, Kate is a uh, school teacher. She teaches special needs children at Paris High School. And uh, my son is a Kentucky State Trooper. Oh, well, okay. I didn't realize that. Now, was the one that the Jack that, that you bet on, I know one of them was number two, which mo a lot of people thought won because that 21, the one was kind of tucked in by the jockey. So, was that number two? Do you remember? Did you think that you won? Uh, no, no, I knew I didn't win. I knew it was, I knew it was rich strike. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was amazing. But uh, no, I, I no at no point did I think my horse had won. <laughs> well, man, it feels like a million years ago, but I guess I should kind of uh, tell the story. I was at the Kentucky Derby, so it was pretty sweet. Um, I was right there in the grandstand kind of, you know, right as they came down the stretch. And I thought it was an epic derby because I, I didn't have a great view, you know, of just the miraculous, you know, last furlong or whatever, where I mean, it was just an unbelievable um, stretch there to win it. But it was cool to me to watch kind of the two favorites just out in front. That, that's kind of the point of the race where I was the closest, um, where Zandon and Epicenter were just getting after it out in front. Yeah. So I thought that was neat. So in a way, I thought I got the best of both worlds, but I definitely had um, – I had a bet placed about a hundred bucks, nothing too crazy 
on Epicenter, which I want to say went off about, I don't know, four to one, something like that, which would have covered all my expenses for the oh, Derby. Yeah. So I was excited about that, but um, definitely uh, kind of twisted the knife in on that one. So I've now attended um, the Evansville basketball loss, which you could argue is the worst Kentucky basketball loss in regular season and Rupp Arena history, um, the St. Peter's game, and now the one of the you know biggest upsets in Derby history. So <laughs> I guess it's kind of neat, um, just not when Kentucky's involved. Yeah, and I'm like you, man. I had the winning exacta coming home. I had some straight bets. And uh, I don't know if it would have covered everything, but I would have definitely uh, made money on the derby. I felt pretty good about it. And I saw that horse coming up on the rail, and I sat up straight. I said, oh, my God. And it was not a horse that I had, I can tell you that. So, uh, But you almost don't mind it, almost, just because it's a great story you know, about the trainer and the owner and the jockey. And it was a Calumet horse and they got rid of it. And uh, it was just, it was something I think after all the Bob Baffert controversy, mm -hmm. I think the Derby needed that. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take one for the team. Yeah. I thought it was pretty, um, pretty cool. I, I completely agree with you that it did. It kind of, it was sour for a second after you kind of checked the board, but it was, it was very neat to be there. And one other Derby story I wanted to tell Dick, it's kind of crazy to me that um, this happened. So I just said, I just usually try to buy, if I go to Churchill Downs for Oaks Derby, I usually just want a seat. So I try, it usually ends up being in the grandstands, like 120 something, kind of cheapest seat deal. So all the seats now are all inclusive to my understanding. I'm not sure if you knew that. So we get there, we're totally oblivious to this. So we order our first mint julep. Oh, just have a great day, sir. So we're just kind of perplexed for a while. So food and everything. And the reason I bring it up was I heard multiple vendors, at least three vendors, basically telling the story to fans that when the mint juleps are $16, they can't keep them in, their, in stock. And when they're carrying them around for free, no one's really drinking them. They couldn't <laughs> give them away. And I just felt the whole time that it was very tame. Like I've been to several derbies um, and it just kind of felt calm to me. So I thought that was maybe like a nice like psychological experiment that if the drinks are free, maybe people drink less of them. I don't know, but um, I th um, and then another theory, I guess Churchill Downs is doing that. I'm just totally guessing. So people save that money and spend it on betting. I I'm not really sure because, I mean, it was all – I mean, all you were doing was tipping the entire day. So that was very new experience for an event like the Derby where you expect to pay a bundle for everything. Well, I've, I've been fortunate through the years. I've been to a lot of them between 45 and 50. I've lost count. And at oh, one wow. point I had, I had attended 38 out of 39 – Oh, wow. The only one I missed was the third one in that street. And then it ended when my son graduated EKU. And, uh, you know, it was on Derby Day. And my son was like, no, no, you go to the race. You don't have to come. I said, look, I've written enough checks to Eastern Kentucky University. I want to make sure you yeah. walk, you know. Uh -huh. and, uh, and my wife picked the winner because we were sitting there following the race when we were sitting in, in the arena watching him graduate. And I turned to her and I said, well, you know, you've got, you won the Derby. But um, then after that, the SEC stopped scheduling around the Derby for Kentucky baseball. As you know, I do Kentucky baseball, right. SEC Plus. And so it seems like almost every year now I'm doing baseball instead of covering the Derby. But um, that's okay. And I love doing baseball. But uh, I did not know that that was happening in the grandstand. Usually I'm uh, in the media center. And we don't get free, free drinks there. I can tell you that. Maybe you do now. Who knows? Like I said, yeah, they, they maybe, put yeah. you guys out there spending your money too. But all right. Appreciate everybody joining us. Kentucky Dad Podcast Season 2. We have Dick Gabriel, Big Blue Insider Radio Show. If you're a Kentucky fan, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar 
you know, with his voice and, you know, all his, the things that he does. Again, I mentioned uh, Kentucky football, baseball, which you can catch on the SEC Plus um, baseball team, obviously with some huge wins as of late. So make sure you're checking out all that stuff. Um, before we get into TV dads, we're going to circle back since you're, um, you're a first-time guest. We used to talk about that a lot, favorite TV dad, so we'll get your perspective there. But I feel like it's pretty appropriate for me to provide a Twins update. So we're now at – I lose track of the weeks. So I'm, not, I'm not really sure, but I think we have about um, – like as far as the exact amount. Like we're looking mid-July basically is what I'm getting at. So mid-July, Twins looking good. Um, they are breached, which makes me a little nervous. They said there's time to switch. But um, I just, man, I'm really going to need mom at full strength with twins, you know, so yeah. they have to. Yeah. But, but I got a grand, I got a granddaughter coming in mid-July. Oh, wow. Okay. But your first one? Second. Second. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, we're expecting uh, sometime mid-July. So getting excited, but also kind of time to figure things out a little bit. But but going good there, mom's a, mom's a warrior. <laughs> good. Glad to hear that. They need to be, and they usually are. Yeah, she's not going to love my dad joke, though, at the end of the show. I'm just going to be uh, honest about that. But she's, she's the best. Maybe she'll she's like the best. Mine. She's actually in there cooking dinner now. She's the best. Um, all right, let's transition, though. So, so TV dads, Dick, is there a um, TV dad that, like, growing up or now or whatever that maybe uh, was just your favorite or that you see yourself in, anything like that? I don't know if I see myself in, but it's funny. I'm going with the real person because he represents two, Brian Cranston. Mm. the tv dad from malcolm in the middle mm -hmm. but also breaking bad yep. you cannot get two diametrically opposed dads but both of them are doing their best to look out for their family one of them was was funny as all get out and he was kind of the punching bag in that show i don't know if you ever mm -hmm. watched oh, it. i love that show yeah yeah but uh and he was always the butt of almost every joke but which i kind of like because my kids will make fun of me and then you know, Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad, uh, Walter White, he was, you talk about a warrior trying to do his best for his family. You know, he didn't exactly go about it in the most scrupulous way, but uh, just one of the more fascinating characters in the history of television. So uh, I, I will go with him. And Cran, he's a great actor. So it was hard for me to choose. So I decided to go with the exact, the Brian Cranston exact. Yeah, that's a good one. You can't go wrong there. And you're right. One, that show's phenomenal. And he's like, obviously going to, I think, always be remembered no matter what for that role. And I, I have a tie. And I usually just kind of interject any TV dad, good or bad, that just like whatever show I'm watching at the moment. So I'm finishing up Ozark, uh, whatever season oh. it is. So Ozark's great. And I feel like, um, so no spoilers if you've seen it all the way through. But um, the dad there, very similar to Breaking Bad. I feel like kind of got in a messy situation and yep. um, was, was just – kind of going hardcore for his family but uh probably fair to say both lost their uh lost their their wits on the way um so but yeah both awesome shows too though but who knows maybe we'll have to uh battle the drug cartel for our families one day <laughs> let's hope not <laughs> let's stick um, to basketball yeah right I think that would be easier um what about the Green Bay Packers Dick I know that's actually something that um the two of us share in common actually my, my grandfather's from Green Bay so my family's always been been big Packers fans, um, big Cubs fans too, and and I follow casually, but I, you know me, I'm I'm big Blue Drew, so I'm so vested in um, college sports that I've never really um, been as hardcore of a fan as they are, but definitely in my blood, um, they go to a lot, of, you know, games when they can. I've taken my dad actually to see the Packers play in Tampa, 
which was sweet a few years ago. I think I want to say it was on Christmas Day. So, um, but yeah, just tell us a little bit about, you know, why you're a Packers fan. And I know that's um, definitely a big part of who you are. Well, it's kind of fitting that this is the dad podcast because my father is the reason. My late father, who died when I was eight years old, and uh, he taught me to love baseball, taught me how to play baseball. And I was a Yankees fan because, of course, the Yankees, when I was growing up, were big. I mean, everybody knew the Yankees. Uh, but I wanted to be Mickey Mantle. And his National League team was the Pirates because he grew up in Fairmont, West Virginia. That's Pirates country. But one day he was reading the newspaper, and he was reading about a guy named Paul Hornung. And I said, well, what about him? And he was reading about the fact that Hornung had been suspended for gambling. And, of course, he was from Louisville, went to Flagey High School, which no longer exists, as you mm -hmm. know. And UK desperately wanted him, and he was going to go to UK. Did you know that? He was going to go to UK. I don't think I did know that. Yeah, but his mother said, no, you're going to Notre Dame. So he did. But, uh, yeah, he, got, he said he came home from school one day, and there was the governor of the state of Kentucky and Bear Bryant in his kitchen. So, uh, but anyway, he goes to Notre Dame. So my dad's telling me all about Paul Horning, and he said, you should always root for your hometown players. I said, well, who does he play for? He said, the Green Bay Packers. And I said, that's a cool name. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll root for them. And there's a sad footnote to this. Uh, Paul Horning did not know, once he was suspended for gambling, he didn't know if he'd ever come back to the NFL. But I read in his autobiography that he learned on April 17, 1964, that his suspension had been lifted. And Drew, that was the day my dad died. Wow. So everything kind of came full circle for me. I just found that out the other day. But I've always appreciated the fact. I feel like my dad gave me the Green Bay Packers. He wasn't a fan. He was a Horning fan. But I became a Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm a stockholder. I'm an owner. I was, that was so going to be my next I, question. Yeah. I kind of have a, a right to be obnoxious. Well, that uh, that's fitting, too, because the Packers is obviously widely known as like a tight-knit, um, do it the right way organization. Um, so yeah, that, that's very fitting that, you know, you have that time. So very yep. cool there. I know that, um, uh, again, we are, we're, my grandfather from Green Bay kind of uh, came here, you know, through military, met my grandmother type thing. So he, yeah. um, I know that makes him feel, feel close back to there. But again, we are, uh, thankfully, I be we're Cubs fans and not like Brewers fans or something psychotic like that. So <laughs> we got lucky my, there. My son's a Cubs fan, speaking of dads. I took my children about 15 years ago to a Cubs game. We went to Chicago for the weekend, and we went to a Cubs game. And they, you know, they kind of got bored, and they wanted to leave, wanted to leave. And so I said, all right, so we're starting to leave at the top of the night, bottom of the ninth. Sammy Sosa went yard to tie uh, the game, and the place went nuts. So I said, sit down, kids. We're watching the rest of the yeah. game. And ever uh, since then, my son's been a Cubs game, and he was still a newlywed. He surprised his wife with a trip to Chicago to see the Cubs play. Very cool. I know that this is kind of random, but it's just every kind of baseball season when it gets going, you always end up, you know, seeing that famous picture of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire standing on first base. Mark's playing first and Sammy's, you know, obviously just got a hit or something. And just how, you know, I was so fortunate to be 11 years old during that run. Um, I think it was, I guess, 98, the summer of 98. Yeah, that's right. And just absolutely incredible. And I remember I just, we literally would play wiffle ball every single day, you know, it felt like when I was that age. And it was the last summer too, I believe, before I headed from like fifth grade to middle school, which is like uh, a milestone, you know, monumental summer, everything changes. Oh, yeah. 
everyone's voices is changing and all that <laughs> stuff. So um, I just always look back on that. And I'm not, I'm a pretty casual baseball fan from a viewing thing. I, I love going to games live, I actually uh, still play softball because I do, I appreciate the game and love it so much. And, and I know you have the, uh, the privilege to, to be around you know, Kentucky baseball, which I know it's kind of been up and down as of late, but th that's one thing I've not immersed myself in. I keep saying I really want to cover some baseball, um, just, you know, not enough hours in the day type thing. But um, tell us a little bit about that, I guess, covering baseball, because that's a sport that, you know, rarely gets discussed. Yeah, we, uh, we started doing games at Channel 27 when I was there in the early 90s when they cut a deal with UK to do a lot more of the Olympic sports. And being in charge of the sports department, uh, I had to figure out who was going to broadcast which games. You know, Rob Bromley was doing basketball and football, but the other guys wanted to do women's basketball and this and that. And there were a lot of women's basketball games, so they divided them all up. And I said, you take that. I'll take baseball. And I said, and they said, fine. And I said, I said, I also want volleyball. They're like, fine, whatever. You know, but I'd love doing volleyball. So anyhow, uh, when the SEC network came along and the SEC plus streaming channel, it just made sense for me, I guess, with UK to keep me doing the baseball games. Plus, I'm the backup radio guy when Darren Hedrick is still with women's basketball. Mm. And if there's a baseball overlap, I do that on the radio, which I, I love doing every now and then. I love doing baseball on the radio every once in a while. It just kind of keeps, uh, keeps me involved that way. So, uh, yeah, I've done it for a long time. And uh, uh, I umpired baseball for 10 years when I was living in Louisville. Oh, wow. Seaweed to, you know, adult league levels. So I've always tried to stay involved with the game. I really like it. Yeah, nice. I know. I think that baseball definitely has that kind of hold on people because you usually can't trace it all the way back to when you were a kid, et cetera. But how do you stay so sharp, like bouncing from sport to sport, especially with a sport like baseball, where, you know, it, you're always going to kind of know who's on the floor for Kentucky basketball. But I know I actually met um, Gary Danielson from the SEC Network once at a previous job I had. He was just in there. And I remember talking to his wife and kind of asked her the same question. And, and I remember she told me just how much he reads. So he's just constantly reading, 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 reading um, was how he essentially prepared from week to week. But I know you're bouncing from different sports in, in the same week. So is it similar? Are you reading? Are you just listening to shows? Like, how do you stay up to date? I do read. I read whatever I can. I read to try to read both the newspapers in Louisville, Lexington, and I think the Athletic. Kyle Tucker does a great job covering the team. So, yeah, but when it comes to baseball, uh, you got to be there. And, mm -hmm. you know, you go to practice, you talk to the coach, you try to get to know the players. It helps when it's early in the season, if there's a road trip, when you travel with them, you get to know them a little bit, hang out at batting practice. Uh, before the games that Doug Flynn and I do, we talk to uh, Darren Hedrick, the radio guy, quite a bit. And because uh, he, he's done more travel with them and find out what's going on. So you just got to keep your antenna up. And when it comes to football, you know, whenever Stoops talks, you got to listen uh, and get whatever information you can. You know, it's not always forthcoming and we don't get to go to practice all the time like we used to. So you grab every bit of information you can get. But it's fun. It's a labor of love. You know that. Yeah, it is. I know. Definitely. I'm sure it doesn't, you know, you kind of walking us through your broadcast career. I'm sure that so much of it um, probably didn't feel like work. I'm sure it has tough spots and periods, but Definitely fortunate, yeah, when you're, you know, kind of going, talking to Mark Stoops and putting those pieces together, et cetera. Um, kind of just a random question off the cuff here, Dick. 
Um, anything left on your bucket list? And is there anything big bucket list item that you already have planned or that you're, you, you know, you wish you were planning? Yeah, I'd love to cover a Masters just once. Oh, cool. Hell, I'd just love to see Augusta in person, whether I'm covering it or not. Uh, when, when I was at KYT, uh, the general manager who hired me was a president of the Affiliate Relations Board, meaning he was the most powerful man in local television for CBS. He could not get us media credentials. Mm. That's how tight it is over there uh, in Augusta. So I'd love to do that. I would love to cover an Olympics, but frankly, I prefer the winter to the summer, but either one would be fine with me. I don't want to do it every two or four years, but I'd love to do it once or twice just, just to have that experience. Um, and you know what? I wouldn't mind doing a Super Bowl media day because it's so crazy. I know football beat writers hate it, mm -hmm. but that's another one I wouldn't mind doing just one. I don't even care if I cover the game, uh, but I just think the media day is insane, and I wouldn't be, mind being a part of that just once. Yeah, it'd definitely be cool to have a, a Super Bowl credential. I know yeah. a, few, a few guys that have uh, been able to do that. I'm sure that would be absolutely sweet. Well, what about going across the pond for the first ever college basketball game um, when Kentucky is going to take on London in December? Are you going to go to that? Brother, I had that on my list the last time Me it was too. on the calendar. And I've got it on there tentatively now. But do you know what's the same day? The SEC, uh, I, the SEC championship, right? I've just looked it up. I think the basketball game's actually on Sunday. Not that it matters. Like, you'd be able to come back. Right. But, yeah, it's on. Yeah, my no, luck, no. My right. luck would be to buy a plane ticket, and then Kentucky would make it. And, of course, I'm, you know, I would, I would cover the game. I would eat the plane ticket. But – Maybe I should. Maybe that would guarantee Kentucky would make it. But I've covered 15 SEC football championship games for 15 years. I was the producer for the SEC radio network and produced that game. It's one of the greatest sporting events literally in the world. And I wish Kentucky fans would get to experience it, win or lose, at mm. least once. I believe that. Um, and then, too, I know that you've made several documentaries. So, um, you have that kind of skill too. We should we should mark it down. If if Kentucky was to make the SEC championship game in football, play the basketball game. We should see if it's possible at all time wise for me or someone else to cover both events. It'd be epic. <laughs> if you, I mean you would just have to jet out of there. I mean that's going to get over late Saturday. I don't even know if it would be possible from like the the time conversion. It might not. But man, that would be a, a heck of a story to do both of those. But I'm absolutely planning to go to London the same. Um, we had the um, trip planned, and then, I, you know, everything fell through, obviously. But yeah. kind of a, a cool thing for us is that that'll actually be inching towards um, my wife and I's, like, 10th anniversary. We're yeah. almost there. And um, we'll be just kind of rounding out our paternity and maternity leave with the babies at, like, just yeah. that age to where maybe grandparents can come. And with it being such an epic thing, like um, the, um, the basketball game over there, I was going to tie in the Olympics because – in 2012, I believe that's when the Olympics were in London, and we always talked about going. It was like one of our bucket list trips. So, uh -huh. and and I'm just on a roll here. She's from Michigan. She's from Michigan, so not far at all from Ann Arbor. So, um, I'm definitely hopefully hopefully we'll be over there and do that. But you can't lose if Kentucky's in that game. It's going to be great. But everyone will absolutely have a fear of missing out, um, no matter which location they're at. Well, like I said, I'll buy the plane ticket, and then you know just somehow. Maybe they'll let me use it on something else. I don't know. But there's no way I'd miss Kentucky playing in the SEC title game. But, uh, you know, you're talking about taking your wife. I tried to talk my wife into it. 
She said, when is it? I said, December. She said, you know what weather's going to be like then? <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, that's right. She said, I don't want any part of that kind of weather in, in London, you know, in December. I said, well, I understand that. I met a few people, uh, you know, over the last year or so, and I'll kind of, you know, bring this up if we're talking or something. And from what from what I gather, I've, I've never been there, but I, I don't think it really matters what month you go. I heard it's pretty much always dreary, yeah. but um, probably extra bad in December. But um, not going to stop me. I should probably start planning that too, because I, I can't even imagine how expensive that is. But or maybe we should wait. Maybe inflation will get under control and um, it'll even out. But we're definitely not going to discuss that on the Kentucky Dad podcast. But uh, <laughs> thanks to everybody tuning in again. We got Dick Gabriel on. So WLAP, you can hear him every night, six to eight p.m. I always use the iHeart app. It works beautifully. Or I'm definitely if you're around the, the Lexington area, you can get it there as well. Um. What about, so I have to assume, so I've been so fortunate, um, I've, I can't, I don't know, maybe a dozen, 15 games or so I've probably covered on the field for Kentucky football, and, and I definitely remember my first few doing it, because it's just, it's extremely special being on that field level, especially in SEC games when the pads are cracking and the helmets yep. are hitting, um, yep. that's, that's pretty great, so I, I'm sure you just have a, a ton of, ton of incredible stories, but do any stick out to you, I guess, from actually being down there and whether it was uh, something you witnessed uh, from a win-loss perspective or a moment or anything from covering football? Definitely the uh, 07 LSU game. Oh, they upset yeah. the number one team. It was a great football game. It was a tremendous crowd. And there were so many ups and downs in that game, so many momentum shifts. I've never covered a game like that. Even if Kentucky had lost, I would tell you, I'd never covered a game like that. Uh, i tell you, one of those Kentucky-Georgia games – not this – see, what year was that? Was it uh, – it was the first time that – I think it was Josh Allen, maybe his last year, when Kentucky had a shot mm -hmm. at the SEC East and had that incredible yeah. crowd at uh, – at, uh, I think it might have – was it Kentucky Proud Park? But anyway, or uh, uh, Kroger Field. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, it was, it was an electric atmosphere. It wasn't a great game, but that was a great, great experience. And, uh, you know, and, of course, the Stevie Johnson – uh, same year in 07, Stevie getting loose against Louisville. That was huge as well. Yeah, I was, I was thinking the other day, um, you know, maybe from last season, one more memorable uh, storm in the field against Florida. I feel like there's going to be, for years to come, there's going to be a lot of us that will, like, dap up in a grocery store or something when that comes up. And it was, oh, I stormed the field too. I know that was um, – I'll never forget just students putting the players' helmets on and, and it just being such a such a joyous event that it was like um, I just feel like it was it was totally appropriate. It never got yeah. to where it was too much, and it yeah. was um, absolutely you know what the moment called for. So I know that that one absolutely stands out to me. And then getting the chance to go between the hedges um, last season as well, even though Kentucky obviously didn't win for a three thirty CBS game, they were you know perennial number one team in the country. That that was an awesome moment, so I won't forget that one. But, yeah, I can't imagine you've had the chance to. And you get those real-life emotions, too, because, I mean, you're, you're talking to the players on the field. You're talking to the um, coaches, you know, as they're coming out. Win, lose, or draw. So I know, um, especially over, um, you know, some of the, the decades where things were not as um, pretty and pleasant as they are now, I'm sure that there were some contentious moments as well. Well, it, it tests your abilities to try to interview. And then we, we try to decide on, you know, who we're going to talk to is it somebody who can handle a conversation after a bad loss. And there's probably been more of those than there have been uh, the good kind, but lately far more wins than losses. 
So it's been much better experienced interviewing players. But yeah, when it's an upset or a celebratory win and I'm down on the field, uh, that kind of tests my abilities a little bit to get some stuff out of people and work my way through the crowd, but it's worth it. Yeah, it is. I know catching that, uh, that genuine, genuine reaction from on the field. And like I said, I feel fortunate. I know that I've gotten a chance to experience some of it. And obviously it's pretty tough to rival football when you think about the yeah. ways that those guys have to tune up their minds and bodies to, you know, prepare for war like that. So yeah, yeah good stuff. And you do an awesome job at it. I've gotten some, some great pictures of you over the years too, just kind of roaming the fields, looking like a boss pregame and, and postgame. So definitely um, synonymous kind of figure with Kentucky football. Everyone knows it, but let's, uh, let's do dad jokes, man. We can wrap it up. I think I got some, some chicken out there that I can smell that my wonderful wife made. And, and along those lines, I'll start with dad jokes and I'll let you end it. So, all right. So my wife asked if she could have some peace and quiet only while she cooks dinner. So I went around the house and took all the batteries out of the smoke detectors. <laughs> That's pretty good. She doesn't oh, listen, so I should be all right. Mine's not a one. I've actually got two. Can I give you two? Go for it. Yes, please. All right. You may have heard this one. Two guys are playing chess. One says to the other, how about we make this more interesting? So they stop playing chess. <laughs> I hadn't heard. That was actually a good one. I actually enjoy um, playing chess. but Yeah, I do too. Uh, the other one is uh, not so much a one-liner, but guy sees an ad in the paper, man selling a talking dog. And there's an address, so he goes to the house, knocks on the door, walks in, says, you guys selling the talking dog? And the dog says, yeah, it's me. And he says, <laughs> what? He goes, yeah. He goes, you can talk? He goes, yeah, I can talk. Wow. Anything else you can do? He goes, well, I travel. I just got back from Afghanistan. And he turns to the man, he goes, why are you selling this dog? This dog can talk. He goes, Dog's a liar. He said, what? He said, he's never been to Afghanistan. <laughs> oh, man, good one, good one. Nice. Brought the heat. Well, it was pretty good dad jokes this week. Me and, me and TJ kind of stumbled out of the gate. Terry, we tuned it up, and I thought these, these were good here on episode three. So thank you so much. Um, I always enjoy these. I especially like doing them in the middle of the week. Um, they kind of give me energy. I don't know, just something I enjoy good. doing. So Thank you, and hopefully it was a, a nice kind of break from the action if any dads or whoever's listening. So please check out the Kentucky Dad Podcast on Twitter, at Kentucky Dad Pod, or you can just, um, you know, look on Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. Drop a review if you like. We'd appreciate it. And I'm um, always, you know, make sure you're checking out Dick's radio show weeknight, 6 to 8 p.m., and then hopefully next season. I don't know. I might be having to bow out. We'll have to, we'll have to touch base as basketball season inches by, but – uh, make sure you check out the kind of the statewide shows that he does once once hoops rolls around. So thank you so much. You're the man, and I'm sure we will we will catch up soon. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>